Hello, welcome to the Live Reality Games Podcast. My name is Steven. I'm here today to talk about more surviving Real Foot Bluff Ranch. I've been doing deep dive interviews with many contestants, and with me today is the 14th place competitor, Frank. Frank, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Wonderful. Excited to be here. Um, and I, I've seen, I've been seeing you on the Survival Challenge um, stream, so you've been you've been kept keeping up with that. And you said Big Brother as well. Um, yes, the live feeds for that. I've been trying to keep up and watch Frenchie blow his game up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me your background. How did you learn about Surviving Real Foot? Okay, so I've been a Survivor fan uh, since day one. I've seen every bit of Survivor content as far as like Australian, New Zealand, South Africa. Big all Brother 2, all that reality challenge type stuff I've always been in love with. Uh, in 2020, I... I was watching YouTube videos. I was working night shift, so nothing to do but watch YouTube at night. So just watching that, and I saw a Russell Hans video where he's like, oh, my patrons are going on a cruise, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I like cruises, and I like Survivor. I was like, let's check this out. So became a patron of his for like $5 a month. Uh, they started doing ORGs, like patron versus patron. They did uh johnny fairplay versus russell hands patrons then uh i played in a mini for russell hands patrons versus each other i won my first mini so and nice. i played that with dr stan and he was like my ride or die in that game and dr stan like introduced me to he's like you should should definitely try to play real foot i applied for it and uh didn't get selected i was an alternate and then had the opportunity to actually have a Super Bowl party at Stan's house and Pete was there. So I got to meet Pete and kind of got a follow-up interview. And when an alternate spot opened up that I, they called me and I was so excited. So had you heard about live reality games before, before real foot then? Um, real foot was the first one I heard about. And then I looked it up on YouTube and I found a bunch of others. I tried to watch everything I could possibly watch and, because I was so nervous that like live game players were going to be playing like their third or fourth game. I know each other, which uh, that was a thing and found mm -hmm. out I actually knew somebody in the game, but we didn't realize it until MIA camp. Uh, who was that person? Aaron, me and Aaron play Michael O'Rear was uh, hosting a sequester mini that was star Wars themed. So I was actually wearing that mask so Aaron didn't recognize me because I was wearing the mask half the game. But yeah, we started talking about uh, sequester minis and we're like, holy shit, we played together. But it was <laughs> by, by then it was too late. <laughs> yeah. Would that have made a difference for you? If, you? if you realized that you knew him, would that have changed things? Now, yes. Mm -hmm. But then, no, because he sealed his... Maybe... Maybe if I would have known him, he could have maybe come out of his shell a little mm -hmm. more and interacted a little better, and maybe it would have changed things. But I was very set on keeping the tribe unified and whole, and mm -hmm. I was trying to build a cult over there <laughs> before the Red Tribe did it. Uh, and I think that after the performance and the challenge and the sleeping throughout the day... He was, it was sealed for Aaron, sadly. He's like the sweetest guy in the world. He even like came over the Thursday after the game to hang out with a few other people that were in the area, but he drove like a, a couple hours and like 
The dude is just amazing. I would have tried to keep him in the game if he would have been more active at camp. I could have overlooked the challenge, but I was so focused on building my alliance, my game around mm-hmm. Sherry. That was where my mind was focused in the beginning of the game. And could I go back and do things differently? Yes, I would. But I, the mindset I was in, I don't think there's any help in Aaron. Mm-hmm. For the for the for the seventeen people that lose Survivor, it's all about the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, right? It's all about the thinking, like, man, what could I have changed early on or later on to really just change the trajectory that have kept me at least one round, two rounds, always the ends, right? Yeah, I yeah, I've I've thought about it and thought what what could I have done differently, and I know exactly now what I could have done differently. I think as far as movement, I think my movement was flawless up until i got blindsided i think that i just picked the wrong people to align with uh jerica like i didn't think she was going to be as loyal of a player as i found out later after the game how Mm -hmm. loyal she actually was we did like a production uh and uh pre-merge mini that night that was big brother style and she actually took me to the end she took me to the end and I was like, I thought for sure after merge, she was going to boot me out of the game. Uh, but that would have been fine with me. <laughs> I would have been farther than I got with Todd. So, um, so you said you were nervous that people were coming in connections. So how were you preparing for real foot? Um, I wasn't really preparing for real foot. I knew that every cast is going to be a different strategy that mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pull out of my arsenal. Um, I think just my everyday life prepares me for these games. I, I, I'm a people manager. My job is based off the scores I get from my associates on how well I'm hearing them, developing them, making them feel safe. Like, so I think I'm training for this every day at work. Because correct me wrong, you're an Amazon manager, right? Yes, area manager for Amazon, yep. Gotcha. So, so you are constantly working and managing people, and that's it. Yes. And that's why you feel like it prepares you for the game. That and I've had over twenty-two roommates throughout my twenties. Uh, I've rode bulls. I've hung out with larpers. I've I've been uh, activities director at youth groups. Like I've hung out with so uh, such a diverse group of people, and I've lived off it from Houston to. Indiana, so and a lot of other places in between. So I feel like just all that culture that I've taken in throughout my life and the way I've been trained to deal with people really sets me up well for winning people over and influencing their decision making. And it felt like of all the players, you had the most actual survival skills you brought to the table too. Yeah, that was that was I was excited to see how much of that I retained because I haven't used any of those skills in since Boy Scouts. Like mm-hmm. that's old knowledge. It was just stored away in there. I mean, I did pull out a flint and steel just to warm back up before the game, but it wasn't like I was making fires every night. Mm-hmm. I, I going. I'm so pissed about that too. Like, what do you mean? Like, I should have. Doctor Stan said the minute I exited the game, he's like. It's okay to build fire for your tribe, but he's like, if you can do it in two minutes, drag it out to 45 minutes, like struggle a little bit, like (laughs) don't put a target on yourself like that. And I think it, the pot, man, that pot, 
when I broke that pot within the first 10 minutes at camp, that's why I was like, oh, I got to collect wood. I got to fix this fire. What's going on with that tarp? Okay, now I got to fix the tarp. Like, <laughs> it was a, it, it, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted someone on my tribe that was going to show me how, teach me how to build a fire, teach me how to put up a shelter. And when I saw Todd, I was like, yes, yes, this is the guy that's going to do it. And none of it was happening. So, I just had to step in because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I want us to be as comfortable as possible and as strong as possible for challenges. Looking back now, maybe, yeah, maybe should have let everyone suffer the first night. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Suffering through a night, suffering through one night, even that's a lot. Yes, it's a lot, but I know that I can handle it. And we'll talk about this maybe later in the Mm -hmm. game, but things could have got a lot worse for people in the game. And had I come back, they definitely, that things would have gotten miserable and it would become like, who can survive the longest out here. So talk me through your mentality walking the game. Did you have an idea of how you want to play and how you want to come across to people? Um, I, I think even when I did the online stuff, it was all recorded and edited. Like I'm always doing it for the viewers, like the fans are the ones that come first. I want to go out there. I'd rather go out and be remembered and be the first boot at merge than make it all the way to the end and mm-hmm. nobody remember the game that I played. I want to, this is like, I look at this as like my resume for CBS. Like I want to show that I can perform here, that I'm ready for the next level. So I'm thinking about the performance I'm putting on and how I'm being viewed by the mm-hmm. masses. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to, we did get a question from a viewer. So Robbie's asking, you mentioned that you really wanted to be tight with Sherry later on. We're going to kind of skip around here, but how far would you have gone to Sherry if she stayed loyal to you? I would have taken Sherry all the way to the end. No question asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I make a commitment in the beginning of the game, I know I'm, they get real Phil gave me an award for a favorite villain. Like I, everyone thinks I'm a villain and watching it back. I can see, I, I don't like heroes. So yeah, it would make me, I guess a villain, but I'm loyal to the, to the people that I start the game with. I'll lie to people throughout the game, lie, lie right through my teeth, but I would have went to the end with her. I feel if I can get to the end, I feel like I'm good enough in a final tribal council that I'll, I'll go with anybody. I'm not scared of anybody. I've been in four final tribal councils and only lost one of them. So I'm confident that I can deliver. So even I think Sherry would have been a threat. I think she would have was the perfect ally as far as like intel and information. I feel like we could have covered pretty much the whole field as far as gathering information. Um, I just, I didn't reassure enough. I think at the end of the day, I, nobody was making strategic moves like, Nobody until the rain came and Mike was there. That's when other people I felt were trying to make moves. And because that's the only time I got pushed back on as far as the direction I wanted the game to move. You're talking about the second vote when Nikki got voted out? Yeah. Okay. And we'll, def- we'll definitely dive more into that. But safe to say, it sounds like you came in wanting to play like a villain of some sorts, then, right? 
Yes, anti-hero, villain. Yeah, okay. I just splashy. I wanted to make moves mm -hmm. and build a resume. Gotcha. So Realfoot has that opening lunch where you're all just sitting around together trying to get a read on people, not knowing what your tribes are going to be. Talk to me about that. Who was standing out to you? Were there people like, I want to work with you? Or the people like, I hope I'm not with you? So day one, when I pull up, I pulled up with Shane and Lydia. I Shane was just like immediately like seemed like a really awesome kid, really nice kid. And Lydia, we had to make like we went up to the cabin without our stuff, had to walk back to the car, get our game stuff. Then they're like, oh, bring your out of game stuff, too. So we had to go back to the car, get another trip. So me and her got to chat a bit. So I felt really comfortable with her. Chris, like immediately I felt like me and Chris vibed right off the bat. He just had a weird sense of humor that I really like. Um, Kenny's eye contact was kind of creeping me out a little bit in the cabin. Like <laughs> he kept making eye contact with me and I didn't know if it was like, Hey, I want to chat like sometime or like, or if it's like, I'm going to murder you. It was very intense eye contact. So I wasn't able to read that. Uh, Todd, when he walked through, it was just like, Oh shit. <laughs> That's the biggest thing I've seen in a while. Uh, Carlos, when he walked in, he was, he seemed like somebody that was pretty calm and chill that I wanted to work with. I like working with younger males that I can kind of be that bigger brother figure. That's, it's rare that I've never done like a Sherry thing before. I mm -hmm. typically go for like the younger guys that I can grow up with. So then what attracted you to wanting to work with Sherry? Sherry, because she literally, I thought she was really smart. She kind of has a dark sense of humor, but she doesn't let people see that. Um, and she just seemed like somebody that was going to not be like, she was an older person, but she didn't seem like she would be a liability in challenges. I felt like she would be a Denise to my Malcolm. I really thought that's a relation. I was like, that looked great on television. Let me try that. Let me see if that will work. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other chaos happening, so, but you do get spin the tribes, and there are some people you name there that's on your tribe. So, Chris is on your tribe, Carlos is on your tribe, Sherry's on your tribe. What is your first assessment of this group of people? Um, I thought it was, we had a strong tribe. I really thought we might run away. I thought we might do to them what they did to us. <laughs> really did. Uh, what went so wrong? Um, I think we got rid of Nikki. I think that was a big mistake because I think she's so smart. She was one of the bigger brains in our camp. I think, uh, I think she would have been a more help in challenges than some of the other people. I think we overvalued Todd's strength and challenges. He is like great for a set group of challenges, but like across the board, not, not as useful as you would think. So it sounds like that first evening, you built the camp yourself, <laughs> or at least you, you did a lot of work there. Yes, a lot. <laughs> uh, I didn't do it myself. People were definitely, like Carlos, he was always like, what can I help with? What can I do? Uh, Todd, thank goodness we had him because I am vertically challenged. So there were some knots that I needed tied that I would have had to climb a tree to tie, but he was able to just tie them. Everyone definitely helped out, but... 
nobody had a vision of what mm -hmm. the campsite should look like and how to like approach it. Like <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it was a hot mess. I no one had ever hung a tarp before. So they, there are just some things that they didn't quite know that you had to get down mm -hmm. <laughs> to make that work. Um, so, so Robbie has another question. It's to kind of skip around, but um, did you ever try to or want to make a move against Todd? Like, where, like how far was he in your game plan? Todd was a meat shield. Todd, I, I wasn't threatened by Todd at all. Um, I knew that when it got to individual immunities, there were going to be individual immunities that I could beat him in. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could frame potential people in the game that I'm not tight with that I know I'm going to have to eventually go against. I want them to have some type of framework that I can build a target around. And Todd is easy to sell a case on why he's a reason to go in my opinion at that point in the game. So that first night, additionally, Todd finds idol within 40 minutes. Was the idol a concern of yours? Were you looking for, or you're just like that? That's not my problem. Um, I wanted to find the idol. Like that's on the checklist of things to do. I thought it was going to be a little more challenging than what it was. Um, that's why I wasn't even threatened when like he was going, he wouldn't even sleep at camp with Todd didn't even sleep at camp with us. He'd go sleep up away from everybody at night. And I wasn't even worried about him finding an idol then. Cause I was like, you're for sure. Like there's snakes and stuff everywhere. They're going to make sure it's like a clue that's like specific so they can spray in that area. But I was right there off the path. <laughs> And a tree I did eventually look at after I got the clue. Like that's one of the first places that we went to when we found when Lydia gave me the clue. Um, were you having? I mean, that it's when I played. I don't think we. I had any strategy going on that very first night. But were you having strategic conversations at that point, or were you just working on just connecting with people? The first night, no, there was no strategic talk. I, I mean, I may have told like Carlos or and Chris, like I'm looking for somebody that can help with the strategy part of this game, but no one like approached anyone that I know of. I didn't get approached. I didn't approach anybody. That first night for me was all just like more so about sitting back and seeing where those organic ties were forming, where the mm -hmm. power and the social structure of the tribe was, so I could start molding it the direction I wanted it to go. What were you seeing then at that point? Um, I saw Nikki just get along with everyone. And that's why, that's why Holly had to go. Like, cause I just felt like she could connect with Sherry and Todd. I saw potential three there that could eventually happen. Mm -hmm. I saw her potentially working with Skylar and Carlos over there. She was just so friendly. There was one moment in particular, like after the first vote that she like came and grabbed Sherry's arm because Sherry was breaking down crying. And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I saw Jerrica was kind of on the outs, but I saw her quickly on that first night as we were like towards the end of the night, she was doing really good at like just getting in good with everyone. Definitely saw that Aaron was on the outs. Could tell Carlos kind of felt awkward at camp. Mm -hmm. Todd felt uh, he, he just seemed like he was going to, I thought he was going to be the leader on the first night, but that didn't quite happen. So 
the next day, the first full day, you just have reward challenges. You have the SOS challenge, and your tribe ends up as the first one I remember, and then your tribe ends up splitting. You lose the first two, then win the second two. Uh, anything about those challenges that stood out to you or you want to talk about? I That's a big regret of mine is that SOS challenge. Like, really? If I could go back and do it again, I would not have put the work in that I put put in. Just wouldn't have. It, it wasn't. Those crop circles took over an hour of like stomping down grass that wasn't sprayed for ticks or snakes every step i'm just like don't die don't die <laughs> <laughs> don't die and then at the you still don't know if it's like gonna pay off you don't know what the other tribe's doing and it ends up it didn't pay off for us and i just think it was a bunch of wasted calories and we could have been forming more bonds and doing more alliance than trying to bust out that intense challenge now when i talked to scholar scholar um i talked about how you were like her number one is is, is that something that you were feeling is that something you had developed over this day or like, i felt, or you they, felt that same was that day two beginning of day two possibly yeah there was a point in time that she did come to me uh me her and chris were like working in a little three so chris was like a swiss army knife he was like my Swiss Army Alliance. He was talks with me and Sherry, me, Sherry, and Todd, me and Skylar and him, me, Skylar, and Jerrica and him were talking. So I felt like we did have a three there. I did feel like Skylar was wanting me to be in her final, in her end game. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't approach her with that, but like she came to me. So I would have worked with her. I felt Skylar was a great ally for someone that plays like me because at challenges i'm loud and aggressive and in your face at camp i'm more chill and calm and playful and laid back where she's more like at camp she's more of the intense person the loud one so i felt that that would kind of smoke screen and protect me a little bit from the people that are not so chill with that loud aggressive personality i thought she would have been great for me long game today's the day that the spice no, not the supply store is opened up and you learn about that and i think carlos is one carlos goes through tribe and let me i need to check the notes oh we don't have it i know carlos goes i don't remember who else goes talk me through your thoughts on that and the perception of carlos get going and not bringing back any advantage per se yeah i i I wanted to believe him, but there was no way I was buying it. I just wasn't buying it because one, like it would have been better off if he would have came back with more money mm -hmm. and not come back with, I think Skylar talked about a little Tupperware container for two rolls of toilet paper. When Sherry literally has a bag full, I have two rolls in a Ziploc bag. Like our toilet paper safe and you brought, you spent how much? Like, $15 on this? What? No. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. I'm fine with you telling that to the tribe, but I was expecting him to pull me off to the side because I think on day two, me and him approach each other. I, I think we approach each other like, yo, Wendell and Dom right here. Like, let's, let's do work together. I kept trying to establish something with him, just waiting for him to open up that next level of trust by him giving me a little something. Give me something. Just give me a name or... Mm -hmm that you have a clue, just something to help us build trust, but I never would get it, ever. So, at the end of the day, did you feel like you'd really, were there any relationships you feel like you'd really cemented and locked in at that point? 
I felt I was solid with Sherry. I felt I was solid with Chris. I felt I was solid with Skylar, Jerrica. I felt good with Carlos. I didn't feel like he was coming at me. I didn't feel like I could control Carlos in any and way, shape, or form. Did you have a target in mind? Because you know, the immunity challenge is starting the next day. Who would you want to vote for out first? At that um, it really, at the time for me, depends on the feel of the tribe. Like I said, I want to keep everyone unified. That first first vote was simple. At the challenge, I think I even said, like, he's gone. Like, the minute he wouldn't listen to advice on, like, throwing it in one motion, mm -hmm. that, for me, I had already made up my mind at that point that Aaron was had to go, and it really wasn't hard to lean the vote that way. With, with the Nikki vote, that one... It, originally on the table, it was we were all kind of in the mindset of base it off challenges. We did that with Aaron, and then we get back to camp, and it's raining, and Mike's there, I believe, and the information that comes to me is that it's Carlos or Chris, and I'm like, well, no, that's not going to work for me, because one, like, Chris is definitely not going anywhere because he's in a lot, most of my conversations. Mm -hmm. And Carlos, I'm not sending Carlos home because I think that I, I'm at this point, I'm like, I can still, I think I can still build something with him because he's helping me do everything around camp. He's walking with me. We're having those beginning conversations of game talk, but not really plan, planning phases of game talk. So. Mm -hmm. Those options weren't going to work for me. Uh, I thought that I could easily push it towards Jerrica because of the Todd. I knew mm -hmm. I could definitely push it that direction, get Todd on board, and then just go across the camp. But she was crushing, crushing challenges, like every challenge. I feel like she was one of the strongest performers in challenges on our tribe. Um, and with Nikki being like the way she was comforting people and always smiling those bright eyes. Like I was like, it's best for my game if she goes and I don't know who I talked to first, but I talked to people. We had the plan. We're wanting people to, we're wanting Mike to believe it's Carlos or Chris. Mm -hmm. And it like comes back around to me that I think it's Carlos again. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. why we're not doing this like let's go back to the people that we made this plan with made sure everyone was on board in that chaos and then the plan was to get carlos to i don't know who i was talking to and who was supposed to vote what way i don't even i know which way i voted because that's a yeah. vote's voted, never Ricky. gonna leave my mind but the plan was to have like i went to skyler and i was like no, that was the Jericho vote. Yeah, never mind. But yeah, the plan was to flush out an idol if Carlos had got one at the store and get Nikki to leave because that's what I felt was best for my game. I felt it was best for the tribe strength, the tribe unity. And I did. I, she was the one that I saw potentially causing wedges in my social relationships in the future. Backing up a little bit back to the Aaron vote. Lydia, you learned about the Prisoner of War twist and yeah. Lydia is the Prisoner of War. And you said she shared the clue with you. Uh, one of the questions that we got from Robbie was, were you open to sharing that clue with anyone else or did you keep it to yourself? I shared it with everyone after, tri like six people after tribal. That's kind of what I used to 
have the pull to get out Nikki, I believe, is mm-hmm. by sharing that information made people feel safer with me since I'm giving out that information. I don't know who I didn't tell, but I know I told at least like five or six people. And from my, from my understanding, when Lydia came over, your tribe didn't really interact with her that much. Well, we, she was like the running joke, like, is her kid real? It was like this thing that we just used to pass the time. Uh, and so when she comes walking up, we're all like, yes, like we're cheering. Cause this is like the survivor gods have a sense of humor and they sent her first. So we thought it was hilarious and she's thinking it's like this warm welcome. And then the minute she goes off like by herself, they send me to go see what she's doing. And she was legit puking. Like Mm -hmm. I saw her puke Mm -hmm. and uh, then I'm over there for a few seconds talking to her, just calm and then chaos erupts. Everyone just starts looking for idols. Um, and then I would like separate from Lydia for a little bit. And then, uh, she'd be off somewhere. I'd be like, somebody needs to be following her. Somebody needs to be following her. And then every time I was back around Lydia, I was calm, cool, collected. And I think that's why I got the clue. Cause everyone else was like Holly and, uh, Skylar were kind of being feisty mm-hmm. with her. And I was like, nah. And then she gave me the clue. We were walking to tribal council. She dropped it in my shoe. And I was like, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, your tribe ends up winning the third challenge, and Skylar's a prisoner of war. And, and, and do, were you worried about that at all? No, no. <laughs> I I thought she might go over there and be crazy, but it didn't really. I wasn't nervous about that at all. Not and her. She. Own. I don't know. I don't remember when, but she, and she shares with all of you what her advantage is too. So yeah, she she was very open with information to me. Uh, like I said, I felt we had a really good working relationship. Mm-hmm. So finally, the fourth challenge, you all lose. This is where things get hairy. Because before now, it seems like it's been this, I guess, an alliance of seven, right? Everyone's been working together on your tribe, right? Like it's always been like it's, it was really an 8v1 and a seven splitting v, um, v Nikki. But now things, now you get to this weird tension where you end up having a split vote. Kind of walk through how did Jerrica end up being the target here? So I knew Jericho was probably going to be the target from Todd. Um, And I actually, when I got to MIA camp, there was debate about this because she's like, you told me Todd was the target. And I was like, I didn't remember saying that, but apparently she reminded, she's great at the details. That's why she's amazing to work with. Perfect person for me to work with because she gets all the details and that kind of gets lost to me. But yeah, she, I, apparently told her like i think we should do todd and then i was going to todd and them saying jerica so i honestly didn't know which way to go i knew i wanted to keep like i said i wanted to keep the tribe strong i felt that if i got rid of jerica the even though i felt like a like a good connection with her i felt skylarner had were like the only other people that had a close connection with Jerrica and Skylar. Mm-hmm. I felt that was the only tight bond. So I was like, if we get rid of Jerrica, then the tribe can stay more unified in the event of a swap. And I was like, and if I get rid of Todd, I think the tribe will still be unified, but like he is just like this meat shield that I think will be valued to me 
in the game since I'm already doing a lot of work right now. Why was there no discussion about voting out Carlos here? If, 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 if unification is such a thing and Carlos catches so many votes of Peru's Tribal Council. I, I wanted, I, after that Nikki vote, mm -hmm. he kissed me on the forehead. Like at that point, I've, I am his savior. Why, mm -hmm. why do I want to gotcha. get rid of somebody that there may not be game talk happening, but he now feels there's some trust built there, I think. So, so really you felt like you, Carlos was in your court. Uh, you, you, you've discussed a lot how you had a, a work relationship with him. And do you feel like you just didn't have that with Jericho? That was a big problem. I felt like I could have had it with Jerrica. Mm -hmm. Um, if I also at the time I was thinking like, if I get rid of Carlos, then I'm the second strongest physically on this tribe in a in like a ch physical challenge. So that's, that, that means my matchups are going to be a lot harder for the tribe. Mm -hmm. And if they're harder for me, then they're harder for everyone down the sequence when it comes to strength on the tribe. Cause Carlos was, yeah, he was so he he was so strong strong in the challenges and I didn't I felt like that would be good for the strength of winning the next yeah. challenge. So did you realize that the vote was going to be that that close that was, um, was going to be that was going to come out to tie the first round? No, that was a shocker to me. But but I immediately knew what happened. I immediately knew what happened. Because the original plan we told Skylar. I was like Skylar, I know you're close to Jerica. Me and Chris got you. Like you. Do not have to vote with us. We have the votes, though. We're going. Jericho's going to go go home because we can keep the tribe unified. But we know you don't want to do that, so don't do it. Didn't know the prisoner of war. Didn't know they were where they were going to vote. Mm -hmm. I didn't care if they voted with them, whatever. So I thought it was going to be three yeah. votes. Yeah, because that was uh, Amanda at that point. Yeah, and so Carlos, I immediately knew Carlos did not do what he was supposed to do. So I got up. I went over to Carlos and I whispered in his ear. I said, you have to vote Jerica. Trust me. Boom. Votes Jerica. Yeah. I remember, so, I remember, I remember seeing that and I thought that was very interesting seeing, seeing you convince Carlos to flip his vote. And apparently that moment is what made Todd get sketched out about me. And I'm like, he didn't know if it was me or Carlos that voted for him the first time. And I was like, I told him, I was like, it was, it was Carlos. That's what I fixed that. Like, I got you, but no, he wasn't. Apparently, that's what sketched him out. So at the end of the day, your tribe is, is, is down to six people. It sounds like you're feeling pretty good about this six overall, though. Like, these are all people you've been talking to. You are working. You, you want to work close to this, Sherry. You have, you, Chris is in all these discussions with you. You're, you're, you're close with Skylar. Carlos, is, Carlos is, 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 is with you as well. Like, it's looking pretty good for you. Yeah, I felt like I was in such a good spot. Such a good spot. The There was a confessional after the swap, like the day I go home, and I was like, I was at the Carlton camp, and I was like, Carlton's not in charge anymore because the Fresh Prince of Rutherford is here. Like, I was feeling like I had a lot of control in the game. I even felt like if, I, if we got to emerge, I did feel like I had a conversation with Mike at the – end of his stay there mm -hmm. when it was raining we were at the end of the entrance to camp and i had a really good talk with him and i think he understood too like he was one of the people that i saw on day one at the beginning that i was like 
this guy, if there's anybody that's going to have more charisma in this room than me, it's that guy. And so Mike was somebody that I definitely wanted to get to merge with and help shield each other. I felt like he would have been a better shield for me than someone like Todd. Like, cause mm -hmm. I felt me and him matched up on a lot of, lot of levels of this game. He's like the pure version of me. I feel like the good guy, definitely the hero and the villain of the season. Mm -hmm. Hypothetically, Rutherford goes to try goes to tribal council one more time with your original tribe. What do you want? What do you want to have happen? Then it would probably have been Carlos. Okay, you you, you would have let him go at that point. Yeah, it would, yeah. It would probably taken a lot of social capital to try to save him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think unless he like opened up a lot and was like. If he would have been like, hey, I know Mike and Taylor, I would have been like, come here. Like, <laughs> really? So that would have, that, that, you would have been like, Definitely. hey, this makes you really important then. We need to keep you if he said that. That, that would have saved Jerrica. That, that would have saved anybody that would have came to me and said, I have numbers in the Red Army. Mm -hmm. I would have been, they would have been so much more valuable when we're getting our asses stomped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next day is the swap. And on paper, this swap looks pretty good for you, right? Because you end up in the majority. Uh, so you're on Carlson 2.0, but you have three of your other old Rutherfords, right? You take you take Chris, Todd, and Sherry with you, right? So that's you four versus a threesome of oh gosh, I mean, <laughs> let me get this open; it'll be easier to see. Then you then you have let's see, Taylor, Ronnie, and Amanda with you. Uh, so it's a four v three. Your tribe, your tribe is majority. That's kind of the dream come true, especially when your tribe was down the numbers to begin with. Um, what are your thoughts when you're looking at when, when you were on this tribe to start with? I was stoked. I was like, I have the numbers. This is easy. All we have to do is throw it. Like, throw these challenges. We, I know I can out throw a challenge than anyone. Chris is on the tribe, so he can get us disqualified easy. Like, we can do this. And they were so scared of a a tie or an advantage. They were just scared of losing the majority. I knew that I told them I, I would rather make a ballsy move right here and go out by a rock than just be picked off. Like I know will happen if we lose momentum right here. When did you start pitching throwing a challenge? Was it as soon as you got to the swap or is it only after that second challenge? Like how soon was that? How soon were you bringing that up? we had talked about it before the swap even happened. Like mm -hmm. this is converse, like group conversation that we talked about. Like we can still get the numbers back. If we swap and we have majority, we throw like already planned for that. Maybe not in like deep detailed talk. Like I probably should have had to make mm -hmm. some of these people feel safer, but definitely was on the table. And when we got to that camp and we were separated, just us four, it was the first thing I brought up. And then they're like, well, there's only two of our people over there. The prisoner of war comes over and it's a tie. What if they have an advantage? And I'm like, I'm willing to risk it. Little did I know Todd has an idol. He could have just saved himself that round and we could have made him feel, I don't, there was so much that we could have done that we failed to do. We end up winning it. Because we could have thrown it. I could have went to that challenge and been like, mm -hmm. Skylar, I'm going to throw this. Give me that steal a vote or rip a vote or extra vote, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Give me your advantage. What do you put to use here? 
just in case we don't get you our Carlos as our prisoner of war. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much we could have done. So what were your thoughts on Taylor, Ronnie, Amanda? This is your first time on a track with them. Um, uh, Taylor, I thought Taylor was a beast. Like I would have loved to work with Taylor in the game. She's cool outside the game. Uh, Ronnie, I was just impressed that he was doing it because mm-hmm. not eating the rice and being diabetic, like my dad's diabetic. Oh, wow. I didn't realize his diabetic. That, like, that's a much bigger issue than these games then. Yeah, I was like, dude, you are beast mode. Like, I had much, so much respect for him. Amanda, she was nice, but not the type of person that I could have lived with at a camp for very long. She just n- talks a lot, a lot, a lot, and she's very particular about things. Like when Todd won, went as a prisoner of war and sent the cookies and milk to us, she like immediately was like, we're all going to have one cookie and like take a little sip of milk and save the rest for Todd. <laughs> I'm like, oh, are we? Like, okay. So I went with the flow there. I should have just taken, oh, if I... I was coming at all those supplies that they had from the store. If I came back in that game, all of it was going down my mouth at one time, <laughs> one sitting. Um, Amanda has an extra vote, and you don't know this at the time, right? Which it's kind of the worst case scenario is you were swapping someone with that extra vote. Yeah. yeah. And so, so like- if they would have had the prisoner of war come over and it'd be one of them, and then they use that, then yeah, we would have, one of us would have went home anyways. Well, yeah, so I, it, it it would have ended up being a uh, a five four, right? Because yeah. they have one extra vote plus the prisoner war to be a five four. So Unless we got one the advantage from Skyland, which I never actually thought about. And that would have been a really genius if you'd gone that and you therefore null that extra vote and say, okay, we are just go and like you can, they can't even go rocks, right? Because the prisoner war leaves in the revo and you're like boom, it's us. Yep. And she would have definitely, I think, given it to me with the relationship we had and me mm-hmm. saying, like, you're not going to tribal council. I can mm-hmm. protect you and Carlo by throwing it. The same offer that I gave Carlos when he came over as a prisoner of war. Yeah, because I, I, I talked to Skylar because one of the things was like, Skylar, that vote with Jericho was really the only good time in the game for that advantage to ever have been used. But I think the better answer is no, it should have been shipped over to your tribe so you can... You see, so you had a fighting chance against the prisoner war and um, the extra vote. Now, what ends up happening is through sheer luck, <laughs> the one in six odds, you get Carlos as the prisoner war. This seemed like the dream scenario for yeah. the Rutherfords to take over here. Yeah, and I, I'm sitting there. I'm a, when I saw him, I was so happy. I was so happy. I was like, okay, before I can get why they were scared of not throwing the last one, mm-hmm. but. We have the prisoner of war of our our choice now. Like this is perfect. I'm we have Carlos. I I immediately go to him and I'm like, dude, I saved you before. I've always been loyal. I was like, here's my offer. Like, if we throw it, you're guaranteed safety over there. You're mm-hmm. not going anywhere. And we can pick these guys off. All you have to do is vote with us tonight, and then we can keep throwing without really worrying about anything going wrong. Mm-hmm. Thought I had the golden plan. And then that didn't set well with everyone. Well, because it seems like their other trimates, Chris, Todd, and Sherry, weren't as comfortable with this idea, oh, we're just going to throw challenges, right? I think they were so terrified of Carlos. But as much as we were terrified of what Carlos might do or 
even if we're thinking, okay, I don't know if I trust Todd or Todd doesn't trust me or Sherry and Chris don't trust each other, whatever that is, who cares? We are all that we have. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. They're tight. They're so tight. It's so apparent. There's Kool-Aid being served. It's a full-on cult. We have to stick together. That's where my head was at. Because how tight were you feeling at this moment with Todd, Sherry, and Chris? Because it sounds like from talking to Todd, for him, he ne- he was describing like he never really formalized a lot, like strict alliances. It was all kind of like out of convenience because we're rather for it, and this is all we got. Yeah, and I saw his interview. Uh, yeah, he didn't have an alliance, so I don't know why he didn't utilize the person that had everything built for him. Like mm-hmm. I had built an alliance for him. Like Mm -hmm. he was included in the numbers that I had. And I think that also probably hurt him because he, I think he lost connections to other people. I don't think he realized the connections he had by him working with me Mm -hmm. just because I wanted him in my game plan. Because from, it sounds like from talking to him, like he, he was gambling on if I sacrifice Frank Hopefully I can pick up Amanda, Taylor, and Ronnie, so come merge. It's not original Rutherford Carlton. It's this Carlton 2.0 who will stick together. Ish, right? I think he was it seemed like he was trying to go with that and by laying you out as a sacrifice. Yeah. Um he also thought that I threw the challenge with his piece being out of there. I would not have tried to kill Kenny if if I was going to throw the challenge. I wouldn't have exerted that was one of the most physically demanding challenges that I did all season was like paddling across that lake, climbing up that hill, all the way up that hill, trying to memorize mm-hmm. that stuff. That was physically demanding. I wouldn't have tried that hard if I was throwing it. Yeah, I suggested throwing it. The tribe didn't want to. Okay. We don't let's, do let's, it. Let's talk about a little more because this ends up being a bit controversial. Is I think is when you're both in the kayaking, you're kind of, you were pushing Kenny's kayak in the wrong direction, right? I... We were coming together, and so I had a decision to either slow down or go faster or just get in front of him. So I pretty much just cut him off, and I wasn't paddling at all for about 30 feet. He was just pushing my kayak. So I'm sitting here thinking, okay, great. He's going to tire himself out. I'm getting a little free taxi ride, a ferry ride across the -hmm. the pond. And then eventually I broke off and – got a slight lead on him that allowed me to get the point on him. But at that point we were so screwed in that challenge. It didn't matter. I, were you expecting people to have such a negative reaction to what you're doing there? Um, that- on the other tribe. Yes. Um, and that's part of the strategy that I utilize. I've even in the online games I've played, I always have a target. So I just learned mm-hmm. to play with the target. And one way that I feel works really well to play with the target is if I'm vocal and aggressive to the other tribe and they're like, oh, I hate Frank, that's going to make everyone in my tribe feel safer about Frank because he's not somebody that can go run over and work with the other tribe. Mm-hmm. And who's that other tribe going to try to come at? Me. So it makes my tribe feel safe and like they have me as a shield. And so, I, th- I think like later on, you and Kenny, Kenny was pretty good and you were reconciled about it pretty easily at the Michigan oh. acting camp, right? Every red tribe member that stayed one night in a camp with me fell in love with me. So that's my whole strategy is be aggressive, get them to hate me on the other tribe and make my tribe feel safe, spend a night with them and pull them over to Camp Frank. Um, so going into this vote, right, um, you ended up casting a vote for Ronnie. 
Carlos, I, I need to, I'll, I'll ask Carlos. Carlos casts his vote for Chris, and everyone piles their votes on you, including you get the double vote on you as well, right? So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a bit, it's like a 7-1-1 massacre on you. Yes, and I love that Carlos, like, didn't put my name down. He knew I was going home, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, he just didn't want to write my name down because mm -hmm. he felt like we were cool. Uh, well, and what's amazing is, like, he was talking to that Carl, the Carlton 1.0 group and saying, I will write any of their names down, just not Frank's, just tell me the name. And, like, I was, I, it was just kind of amazing that, like, oh, they're not taking advantage of this, right? Like... I would think, like, because I know, like, the other Rutherford said, like, hey, like, we're voting Frank, but man, if, like, you have this one person who's, like, truly alone, who's saying, just, like, I'll vote with you, just do whatever, like, I would, I don't know, pick him yeah, up. Yeah, they had him saying that, and they had the other people telling them me, so, mm -hmm. yeah, they could have easily been like, oh, Frank, your whole tribe just turned on you, Carlos doesn't want to vote for you, but why don't the five of us just knock them off, like. Carlos, did he have that advantage at the time too? He could have been like, "I'm coming over too." Like, when because he he didn't tell you about the mutiny advantage, did he? Um, I can't remember okay. if he told me about that or not. I do know he gave me a clue to the idol after <laughs> he knew that I was getting voted out. He like tried to send it out of the game with me, but I had it wrapped up in my pants and my poncho, and I gave it to Chris. Mm -hmm. Even even though he voted me out, I said the dude almost died the night before. And Chris, like, like I said, awesome dude, wanted to work with him. I feel like when his name, when it was his name and Carlos's hit the table, he was like, I feel like from that point on, he played scared. Mm -hmm. And I think him playing scared is why he didn't come to me when he heard my name was on the table. I think it's why he didn't make bigger moves and swings. I That's the only thing I can think of. Mm -hmm. Um. I think the only thing I want to talk about before the Missing in Action camp is tell me about the hammock. When was that made exactly? <laughs> so I was making a drying rack to make sure, like, because my number one rule is, like, make sure my socks are dry for yeah. when I go to bed, keep or things dry. Yeah. And, like, when your shirt starts to stink, I put it over the smoke for a while, kill that bacteria and make my shirt smell, smell like smoke. So I was making a drying rack, and the handlers, like, made a comment about – uh one of the fans likes your uh, dry your drying rack. And I was like, so then I was like, well, viewers, I was like, whatever you guys want to see me build next, just put in the comments and I'll make it happen. And over here, I was like hammock and the handlers like they want you to build a hammock. So the handler was like gone for like 30 minutes. So I'm just out there, found some extra rope that we had. I used that to help me make some vines. I cut some vines down and then strung up the vines. I mean, it was a nice little hammock. I was really, like, sometimes I start projects and I don't necessarily know if they're going to actually be successful, but I just go in with blind confidence and it, it gets, fake it till you make it, it works sometimes. <laughs> and it ended up being a huge centerpiece in the merge, so that, 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 was, that was fun to see too. You had a continued legacy there. Yes. So, Along with the pants. The pants and the hammock got to stay in the game, so I'm, I'm at least happy about that. So you end up getting voted out, and this is when you learn you have the option to stay in the game. If you want to, you can join a third hidden tribe, the Missing in Action Camp. Was there ever, ever any doubt in your mind? No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I was so pumped. And honestly, my confidence was really high in that camp. Uh, 
plus everyone was just like, and I think it probably messed with my confidence and they kind of like turned my, my uh, competition level down a little mm -hmm. bit. Cause they're like, you're going back in Frank. You're, you're definitely going back in. There's no way they're going to, any of us are going to beat you in most challenges. And I'm like, Oh, thank you so much. Like, but inside I'm like, Oh fuck. Now it's one thing if I talk a lot of trash and I have to back up what I'm saying, but when other people are saying it, then put really put a lot of pressure on and it kind of, then I don't want to go as aggressively and intensely against these mm -hmm. people. Cause it's all a ploy. Just, <laughs> it probably was, <laughs> but MIA was awesome. Uh, when I got to that camp, it was <laughs> kind of like Rutherford all over again. Like they had a tent and supplies, but like the tent, the, the roof of the tent was like touching the ground. Like Jericho was actually the one that did get it fixed and put up. But yeah, th that camp was rough when I first showed up. Uh, but we, I enjoyed that time at MIA than probably any other moment in the game. It was just so relaxing. The, we don't have to like put up a front. We're like, someone's going in. It's based off competition. So we all bonded. They brought out like a little feast. It was the last night there. So they had some peanut butter, some Gatorade, some fruit cups, uh, some Cocoa Puffs. And it's like that stuff just hitting my system was like I was feeling amazing. I went number two for the first time in the woods, which I was getting nervous about at that point. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. why isn't this happening? And uh, it was just a lot of fun. That night was probably the hardest night survival wise, because when I got to MIA camp, I was in swim trunks and slides. I didn't have boots. I didn't have socks. I didn't have pants. You left all that camp or gave it to people. Yeah. So that first night I thought I was going to freeze to death. Cause the tent from being set up improperly had like some water condensation on like the bottom. So just suck the heat right out of you. Mm-hmm. Were there any conversations or any strategy talk that did happen in the missing in action camp? Yeah, I found out about who all knew each other, and I was like, Jerga, <laughs> why did you not tell me this information in the game would have saved you? But uh, found out that Holly is like probably so Nikki. Question. Okay, I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, Ever since, it's like, so the whole time we were in the. The, the house with production afterwards and even like in the group chats she's changed her name to holly in some of the group chats and she she responds to holly now it's kind of like an ongoing joke it's kind of <laughs> like the pot i just if i fuck up i make i make a joke of it so then it's a lot more easy to deal with <laughs> um so you have kenny that joined you that night um I, at that point, you probably your only interaction with him had been pre-game with his intense staring, right? Yeah, and our our three showings where we faced each other. He, uh, Kenny, is awesome. Like his personality is just such an intense energy. And he told me he's like after that kayak uh, challenge, he's like that was the third time that we faced each other in a challenge, and I lost to you. He's like. That was the first time I cried in a confessional and I felt so bad, but no, it was like, it was just like this rivalry we had. We ended up being matched up a lot together and uh, who was it? Aris and Terry Bradshaw were those the two that like always went at it. Yeah. So that's what it felt like with him, but it felt great to come out on top of those. <laughs> and then the next morning, Justin ends up joining. 
and you all i don't know any any thoughts on justin joining all this and actually probably didn't have much time talking with them um didn't have a lot of time uh that was an interesting experience the cameras uh kind of shut off and then it got a little more intense but he comes in i get that was a pretty epic blindside we found out like how he went out of the game but none of us knew that so we're all just like happy go lucky and so i started talking to him like because he was one of the people that made a couple comments at some of the challenges about my unsportsmanlike conduct and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so i just wanted to make sure that we were good and it was all game uh his emotion i'm not going to go into a lot of details because the place he was at in the game it was in the game for yeah. me, I was already a little bit removed from the game, um, so I'm not. I don't hold anything against him on like kind of how that conversation went, um, but yeah, it got a little heated. I pretty much explained like everything I do and say in the game is in the game, and I explained to him when Michael Jordan stepped on the court, he was talking trash to everyone. He was trying to get in people's heads, and that's part of why he was successful. So I just explained all that uh, after the game. We did kind of talk, and he's an awesome dude. We're different style of players for sure, um, but I definitely saw him as a threat. You could tell he was a thinker. You could tell he was good at challenges. Um, yeah, and he turns out to be great at some challenges. <laughs> Namely, uh, like a, a adjusted version of cornhole is what, is what yeah. you all say. Like if yeah. anyone else had gone into redemption with you, uh, it could very well have just been you and Lydia in the top two. Yeah, and so the the one thing that I will bring up that he said at MIA that kind of it didn't bother me until final tribal council with kind of what Shane was coming at Ronnie with, which was he was like at the point he was like in a spot where he's like I don't even think I want to compete in this challenge. I'm probably not even going to try. Mm-hmm. So, and then he saw his cornhole and was in. So that's the only thing that didn't sell. And it really wasn't Justin saying that. It was Shane saying, like, have you played the game from beginning to end, Ronnie? Like, that was what bothered me. Not Justin actually saying that. But mm-hmm. that is one little piece that I did probably might come up later. So, Okay. Well, the missing action challenge happens. Uh, you get third place, which is great. Uh, it's just not good enough. Um, yeah. Let's. And this is where we can talk about fun hypotheticals. Um, of the of everyone at missing in action, if you had to return the game, who would you like to return the game with? Lydia. Okay. Or Jericho, probably, or Skylar. Really, anyone. Lydia probably would have been the one I wanted to get back in the game the most, just okay. so she could watch red suffer <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you and lydia do get back in the game and this point like this would have been a little bit better rutherford would have had five original tribe mates uh carlton has seven right but one's lydia rutherford right, so has nothing at that point in the, if i come back in the game rutherford has nothing yeah. nothing i oh, would they're, have they're not dead, you. dead everyone okay. everyone in the game besides probably mike and carlos and i maybe would have tried to work with taylor Mm-hmm. and those would have been the people that I might have worked with. But no, everyone, if I came back in the game, everyone would have suffered. When I was at AMA camp, I was like, I need production. Like, So I called production over, and I was like, I need to go through the list of things that can be destroyed, removed, 
burn, like, tell me what's on the table. And they pretty much said, if production owns it, don't destroy it. If, uh, if it's the personal property, don't destroy it. But everything else, like the rice, the toilet paper, the flint, the machete, like, you can go wild. So if I came, I came back into the game, I was like, okay, now that that's established, our MIA camp, can we take our leftover rice? Can we take our flint? Can we take our machete? And I, I had a rope. I had everything I needed to survive and everyone else would have had nothing. It would have become, so if I can't win this game because I'm a threat and you guys are going to push me out, then I'm going to make sure everyone wants to sit at the end next to me and there, cause there's no chance of me winning. So I think that also would have helped Lydia because she could have came in, flew right under that radar. I would have been making everyone miserable, causing big splash. We would have at least been safe for one round. And then if I come back in, there's a chance Justin doesn't find that idol, and I do, because I was looking under shit. I was looking for those idols at challenges. So I think I could have made a lot of them suffer to the point where they would have just quit or broken their strategy uh, it would have like no one would have slept i would have been evil dick like pots and pans like you're not sleeping the rice would have been gone i then i would have went to set up my own camp like and it, if you guys want to vote with if you vote with me the next vote you can come stay at frank's camp and eat so his rice gone full jatia taylor scorched earth policy rice in the fire in front of everyone you're hiding the machete uh so i probably no would have been a little creative with all of it uh Maybe like a trail of rice to find the thing empty somewhere. I don't know. I would have been, I think, I wouldn't have gone like exploding nuclear. I would have slowly, it's like Chinese water torture where it's just like a drop of water in the forehead and, over and over and over. And so when you would do, so if you're doing this slowly, would it have been obvious it was you or is it, were you going to let the, it be a reveal? Oh, it yeah, was going to be like a grand reveal. I, okay. I would have wanted them to all figure it out. I think they would have put two and two together. Pretty I fast. Feel like this this has two endings. Either you're at final travel council, or you're the next person as soon as you're as soon as you're not immune, right? It, like you're either going far or immediately out of there. Everyone's just like, yeah, we're we're not playing this game. Exactly. Because <laughs> I felt like if I do go in the game, like who do I trust? I knew the red were so tight. Mm -hmm. I feel like Todd's a red member now. I have no idea where why Chris and Sherry would throw me to the wolves like that. So I was completely dead to everyone at that point. I knew it was like, you're not winning, but let's give some interesting content. Well, I think you name it, right? You're working with Lydia. She didn't vote you out, has been voted out, also has an axe to grind. You know Mike just played an idol and got all his votes, so he's vulnerable. And you probably have a sense that Taylor's vulnerable too, right? Yeah. Like, and, and, so I, they, and I felt like Carlos was good with me. And maybe what so. you do is you join up and you say, and you say, "Hey, let's let's get out Todd, Sherry, Chris, boom, boom, boom," and then maybe we do a flip. Yeah. I mean, there's a possibility, and that probably should have been like a better approach to go in try to win. But <laughs> now I was, I was ready to make things interesting. Because they were just, ha they had it so easy. Living at the good camp, eating all the food. I was like, this. the fun and games are over. <laughs> so Parker's question for you is, were you surprised at all, it come merge, that Lydia was trying to work with Justin as much as she did, considering that Justin well, voted her out? Um, I get why. I get why she did. Um, I think she did everything she should have done. 
she was in the spot to be in. She was at final seven with six people. Like, to me, that was the point in the game where I was just so pissed. I was in that house watching the live feeds. Like, because if I'm in a final six, I'm thinking, okay, who are my two closest? Who are two people I want to sit at the end with? I take those two people, I take Lydia, and I have guaranteed final four. Well, I mean, I, I get the sense that Shane and Justin did, Shane and Justin did a very good job bringing Ronnie, oh. s- s- telling Amanda said her what they wanted to hear here, and they played them great. But someone in that yeah. someone in that group should have. I just don't. Some yeah. people aren't as aware of the social politics going on, but to me, it was very apparent yeah. early on. I, I think with Survivor, I've learned is there is times you just need to be greedy. And you just need and you need to do things that are a little ruthless because you're like, no, well, it's like difference. Like, getting, do you want to get them? Do you want to win? Yeah. You either uh, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. <laughs> exactly. And so, do you have any thought? Any thoughts about the rest of the merge and the final tribal council, or do you want to jump into all the hypotheticals? Um. There was a couple things like I just didn't understand, like. The phone calls to home, just some shit that I was just sitting back in disbelief watching. Like, okay, and then, yeah, I, I do think they were way harder on Ronnie than they should have been. Like, mm-hmm. I think Shane should have checked himself, and he showed a little, a bit of his youth there, and just a little immaturity because, like, Ronnie's family. His wife, his sister, his brother are there. Like, you don't have to drag his game through the dirt. And Mm -hmm. especially because your buddy Justin was talking about not competing in the comeback challenge. And he got voted out. So Ronnie was playing, I think, the game. Like, unless he backstabbed all those, the red, like, there's nothing else he could have done. He won two challenges against people that were in better physical shape than him. And he played the game that somebody his age with medical issues that <laughs> that's struggling could play. I mm. so I felt they were way too hard on Ronnie, but outside of that, I, don't, I really don't have much. It re- drove me crazy seeing them kick Lydia out of that auction challenge. That drove me nuts. So, but oh, it, it just felt like it was hard watching a lot of these challenges because. Before the challenge, like I was helping production, like set up challenge. As soon as I got voted out, I was like full on trying to help out wherever I could, setting these challenges up. And when you set them up, they you're testing out these challenges against production that have like mm-hmm. played several seasons, and most of them, I was pretty damn good at. So that was hard to swallow when you're just like, I would have killed this one. So. Looking back at your game, and and you, and Stan has a question that I fully agree with you now. It's like, what would you? I guess first off, like if you played the season again, looking back, what would you have done differently? What would you have changed? I would have changed how I build my alliance. I would have not focused on these ideals of like Denise and Malcolm. I wouldn't have focused on the having a meat shield. It, I, I'm going to build my future relationships and alliances with people that I just feel good with and people that are willing to make moves and take people that are not playing scared. If I see fear in your game, you're not in my alliance. 
So of the so let's say Rutherford still goes to the tribal council three times that first day. You vote three people out. Who are the three people then you think you sh you should have been voting out at that point? I think it should have been Aaron, then probably Todd and Cherry afterwards. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and, I and think that I think that I was threatened by Nikki, but I think after hanging out with her in MIA and hanging out with her in the house, me and her, our minds are probably more similar than anybody else on that tribe. She would have been the person that I could have thrown strategy at and her find ho holes in it and her do the same. Cause that's what I, that's what I want in an ally is somebody that can poke holes in my strategy and we can move forward together. And then hopefully that, that, that gets you to a, a more cohesive group of four at that swap. Who's able to go hard uh, at, at that Carlton, that, that the other Carlton majority. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you were to, so hopefully you play another game in the future. Hopefully that, hopefully this like this, you're not one and done looking forward. Like what would you change about your strategy or how you approach the game or what, have, or what were your takeaways from the season? Um, don't play. I'm, I don't need to play as hard as I did straight out the gate. Mm -hmm. I think I need to just rely more on my social game. Like, I feel I have a good social game. I think I need to start relying on it and sit back on, sit back on the strategy. I feel I could have went deeper in the game by not controlling anything. Just sit mm -hmm. back. I don't think I was in a vulnerable position in the tribe as far as value and like feeling comfortable with that I was ever going to be on the chopping block. So I think next time I need to find allies that think like me and are mm -hmm. fearless and let them do the thinking and I'll just gather information for them in the early stages of the game. Gotcha. So I want to throw just a, just a bunch of quick questions that you just, just to see like, I don't know, just, just like fun, fun questions now. Like, um, and that just, what, what's the first thing that's on top of your, top of your mind? Uh, so for you, what was the most fun challenge you competed in? Uh, I loved sumo. I, I loved it knowing that, well, no, it's never going to be played again at real foot. Probably like <laughs> that, that was a special moment. That one and the maze, the one with the maze where we came back and won at the, at the end, those were like moments that truly felt like survivor moments. What were your favorite camp life moments? Camp life moments. Oh, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, my favorite one, though, would probably be when I talked everyone into playing Mafia on, like, oh day one or two. And I was hosting, so I was seeing, like, who was killing who. And the irony in it is, so it got down to Skyler was the last Mafia left, and you had Cherry and Todd. Uh, Skyler and Cherry were going at each other, so it was up to Todd, pretty much. Like, Todd had to make the right decision to execute Skyler and win the game or execute Sherry. And it was very clear that Sherry was not playing, didn't know how to play Mafia very well. And he killed Sherry and <laughs> Skyler won Mafia. And I'm like, oh, that's the irony looking back on that now that he didn't make that strategical move I, that he should have. <laughs> so when I was in the Survival Challenge 2018, I think in my original Tribe 6, we're like, someone's like, we should play Mafia. I just look and say, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not. I refuse to play any social strategic game in a game of Survivor. I 
I'm not giving anyone that information on me yeah, or I'm gonna I, throw. <laughs> I also led a conversation that got people to reveal their Hogwarts houses. Some of them had to know what, what the houses meant and stuff, but I was trying to sniff out any other Slytherin. Were you Slytherin? I, not there. When I was there, I was definitely Gryffindor, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely cunning and ambitious, so I'm a definitely house Slytherin. Uh, you forgot your other favorite moment is when uh, Lydia made you throw <laughs> up, apparently. Yeah, so she had just puked, and I, like, had sympathy pukes because she's sitting by the fire with, <laughs> oh, gosh. it's me, Chris, and Jerrica, and she's like, the other camp thinks that you guys are three really big threats. And I just, I, I forget, I think I looked over at, like, Jerrica, and I, like, stood up, and I, my mouth started watering. I knew I was going to puke, and I just start running across camp, puked all in my hand, all in my beard, like, got out to the woods and just threw up all my rice. But when that happened, I had been looking for my sunglasses all day. They disappeared at camp. Right next to the vomit, laying on the ground, my sunglasses. So <laughs> I would have never found those glasses had I not ran out into the woods to puke. So, so it was like Chris's, Chris's water bottle, you and your sunglasses, those are the two wandering items this season? Yes. <laughs> um, who, what's the one person you regret not working with or you wish it had a chance to work with? They could be from your tribe or another tribe. Oh, that's hard. Because, like, you have Jerrica and Nikki I'd love to work with. I would have ha loved to have the opportunity to work, though, with Lydia and Mike. Those people would have been my top choices. If I had to say from one from each tribe, I wish I would have worked more with Jerrica. And then I wish I would have worked more with... I don't think there was a point in time where me and unless it was in the comeback thing where me and Lydia could have worked together, but Mike or Lydia, it's a close race between them just because Mike's a hell of a shield, but Lydia, Lydia, the way Lydia's brain thinks she, she is super strategic. I would have loved to work with her brain. She would have been able to poke a lot of holes in my strategies as well. Um, I'm going to do a quick segue because we have a couple people comment about this. First of all, Sounds like your pants were an amazing survival gear. Tell, tell us about what brand you got so like I can get that for my future game. So I was hoping that I would have the discount code by now, but I'm trying to be a brand ambassador for them. They saw a couple of the videos the company did of people wearing the pants, and it was probably me, Chris, and Carlos because we wore them on the live feeds. But they're harem pants. They're drop crotch pants. They are great for live games. They kept the bugs out. They're light. They're breezy. It's like wearing a sheet. It's They're the most comfortable pants you can find. And after I was voted out of the game, like, on Saturday, there was, like, six, seven people wearing my pants because I brought all the pairs, extra pairs I have for when I got voted out because <laughs> I, I feel it's a disservice to people if they don't get to test drive those pants at least once in their life because everyone that's tried them on has now bought a pair. Uh and then the other question is, Parker said your hat was the best hat he's ever seen. I I can't, I think I said it in a live. If you look good, you feel good. So I was just trying to be on point. Uh, that sun hat, I, I just recently got back on day shift. I've been on nights, so my skin terrified of the sun right now. So mm -hmm. that sun hat kept me out of the shade. It was super, super nice having that. But those pants, one night after I got voted out of the house, I... I slept two or three more nights outside afterwards because it got warm out. And one of the nights, I took a pair of the pants, 
I tied holes in the bottom of the pants and I put those on my bottom so no bugs could get in. And then I took a pair and I put them over the top and put my hands through it. And then so the drop crotch part is like right over my head. And then I just pulled my hand, I covered up with my blanket, pulled my hands inside of the pants. And then I just played on my phone there for a while until I went to sleep. <laughs> Woke up, not one bug bite. So they're so useful, especially if you have two pair. I can see that because, like, whenever I play in these games, I like it's definitely the no exposed skin rule. Like, I have my buff just over my face to prevent all the flies from diving into my ears at night. Like, I can that sounds useful. Yeah, I had a really warm, like, hippie sweater, so at night I stayed super warm. Plus, the nice thing about you bringing those as your pants is you can bring long, tall socks to keep your legs warm, wear your shorts, pull those pants over to keep the bugs out, and if those pants get wet they dry out really fast so i felt like the weather most of the week i wouldn't even worn real pants if i had them because it was so hot mm -hmm. um, a couple other quick questions what was the highlight of the, of the of the of the game for you or what was what was your what was your best moment the best moment of the game for me uh was honestly probably just how much, like, me and Stan were tight before the game. Like, he was my bro before the game. But I got so much closer to him. The relationships that I had just made out there that week. Like, these are people that I, they're so unique. They're so individual. They're so special. Like, I want to have these people in my life forever. Amazing relationships. That would probably be my favorite part of the game that I take away from it. What was your lowest moment? Lowest moment, just getting defeated in challenge after challenge. Like, I think maybe I needed that lesson in my life because mm -hmm. I have been on a hot streak lately. Like, all the online games, I've never played a social game being behind in the numbers. Like, so losing all that much, just very humbling experience. So the overall just ex experience of being lose the losers of the season like that that was the lowest moment just time after time having to walk that long trail from camp just to vote out another person well i think that's all the questions i have is there anything else that you want to talk about or bring up that we might have missed um no i look forward to playing in future live games hopefully you guys see the pants again and you see this face again I just had an audition, an interview yesterday for a live game in October. So I'm excited for the future. I'm so, so thankful to be a part of the community. And I do want to say a thank you to Real Foot Production because the work they put in, like, not even just during the game, like Pete going over there early to spray for the snakes and to clear out the campsites, just all that upfront work, the planning and the casting. It's amazing, and I'm super thankful for everyone on production that had anything to do with it. Frank, you mentioned to me that you also are running a podcast right now. Do you want to talk about it? Yes, For the Fans Entertainment. Um, we're very brand new. Uh, these girls, Trisha and Kylie, spilling the reality, they're fantastic. They used to be Russell Hance's like, number one podcast until they helped me start For the Fans, so we're excited about that. We 
We have a monthly game night that we play Mafia, Secret Voldemort, Secret Hitler, and some Jackbox games. So if anybody wants to check that out, it's an awesome community. We love more people for game night. So hope to see you guys. And everyone, thank you all for stopping and listening to Frank as he talked to us about his game. Uh, he is not the last real footer that's going to be here to talk about his game. Tomorrow, we have the Double Trouble. Lydia will be here at noon um, Central Time with Michael DeLucas to talk about her game because she she had the true roller coaster of the season, I feel. Then we'll have Carlos at 2.30 that day as well. And then next week, we'll have Chris on Tuesday at 4.30 and Sherry at 5, at 5 on Thursday. So, so we have many more to come. I'm hoping there's a couple other players. I'm hoping that I can squeeze in at some point. But the Real Foot coverage will not stop. And why not stop at Real Foot? Because right now, Survival Challenge 2021 is ongoing. If you haven't been catching the season, I definitely recommend taking a look at the live streams. Uh, it's been a good season so far. They just merged. I have no idea what to expect. Uh, Frank, you've been watching. Who are you rooting for right now? Yes. Um, Holly is probably the person I want to see go the farthest. She's got an awesome personality. She's kind of been like the underdog, I felt, from watching the live feeds. You don't really get everything from the live feeds because you don't have the confessionals and stuff. But all the people that I wanted to win, Morgan Jackson, she was the person I wanted to see go deep. That didn't work out. Jamie, I wanted to see him do well. But I mean, Jamie everyone's was, getting... <laughs> Jamie was a season eight alumni, and he went out in a blaze of glory, at least. Or a blaze of fire, maybe, is yes. a better way to describe what happened to him this game. That is, uh, that's what I love to see, though. That's, that is what I tune in to watch. So, okay. loved it. We do still have one real fit alumni that I'm aware of still playing, Jake Sparks from my season seven and just made merge. He was on that um, that the yellow tribe that that didn't lose any individual challenge. Um, and he had the majority on his swap tribe um, after they kind of forced that tie vote. So I don't know what's going to happen in that tribe, but y'all should stop by the survival challenge 2021 and see. All right. Hey, everyone, thank you for your time and have a good rest of your day, y'all.